All right. This is the moment of truth, Ken. Are you ready? Yes, yes, I'm ready. Okay. Let's go, buddy. Okay, we're live in five, four, three. Showtime. Yes, yes, y'all. You know what time it is. It's time for Sports And here's your host, TC and Jake. We didn't do the color thing. Oh, we can do it now. We can do it live? Yeah, what's wrong with that? William O'Reilly. Thank you for reminding me. You know, but if I were actually good at this, I would have reminded you beforehand. Well, you know, I think that'd be a negative way of looking at it. And certainly I'd be an asshole if you reminded me and then I was like, how the fuck you didn't remind me first? Yeah, you're probably right. Hopefully uh, my wife doing business in there doesn't bleed through. I'd say it makes it better. <laughs> She's doing some business. You guys listen up and learn along. I do have those occasional moments where, like, I'm sitting out here in the morning and she's in there talking for like an hour, and I'm just like, how do you know all this shit? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, I've actually tried to explain a lot of it to you, and you tuned me out. So, yeah. It's really you not. You have been doing this job every day <laughs> for years. more than a decade. <laughs> <Right>. So. <laughs> How dumb do you think I am? <laughs> it, it is a very offensive question. I will, <laughs> I will concede. <laughs> However. Not, hey, don't you start already. <laughs> don't you yeah, start dude. already. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Is it is it that having child changes the relationship with the dog? My relationship, I think I've said this a couple times. I've, it's never been worse. I'm yeah. doing terrible. I'm, I'm an abusive owner at this point. No <laughs> yeah. one should call anyone. It's nothing you can prove. But hey, like. On. His self-esteem is through the floor. Yeah. And it's my fault, and it's tough. People don't tell you enough about this, that whenever you get a kid, it's just hard to find patience for both. Yeah, and I remember thinking my buddy, my buddy uh, Jordan, not George, uh, when they had their second kid, I remember him saying something to us, and he was not joking, where he was like, I'd let that dog out of my house right now and never ask where it went. Something along those lines, you know? And we were like, what a monster. I hope to never have to comment on that statement. He was just like, I, I mean, I just I just don't care anymore. And it I'm sucks. like, dang, dude, that's I mean, so... I, yeah. It's more that I can remember how much I, I loved him. We started talking Fun about this time. the other day because, man, when I used to do... Uh, when I used to write for The Athletic, as you well know from listening to me complain about my schedule, those were some, those were some tough times. Yeah. Because I would usually file at like 4 a.m. the morning before it was supposed to run. Because I was doing uh, post-game. I was doing the podcast. They should have put a no-dose on the byline. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I was... They have as much to do with those articles as you do. And back then, I was like smoking cigarettes. (laughs) Hell yeah. And... and Just just a quick 1 a.m. sitting at home cigarette? Yes. Great idea. Yes, because I would get so caffeined up... And I would write, they would usually take me, they would usually take me like eight hours, probably eight Mm -hmm. to 10 hours, which I gather if you're like a beat reporter and you're in it every day, like when I told Cato that he was like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, that's a really long time. It is. But whenever it was like a weekly column, as opposed to an everyday thing, I kind of had to find a new thing every week. So where I'm going with this is I just remember I would take a break for 10 minutes every hour 
and I would just lay in my driveway with my dog and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and she would just like lay on my chest. <laughs> yeah, and that's it was fun. such a fun time. Yeah, like, like, bring that back. You and me, bub, mm-hmm. we're best friends. And now she's over here humping pillows literally the second the open starts. Uh, have you asked the doctor if uh, humping pillows causes tumors? Dude, let the tumor thing go. Come I mean, on, I'm man. not, I'm not, uh, not holding on to it or letting it go. It, it comes just, up a lot. It exists me. Yeah, this, this is the second time at most. I'm not even sure it's the second. <laughs> Unreasonable. She's fine. She's fine. Doing great. You buying the dip? I don't even know what that means. Oh, buddy. Now's a great time for you to heave a bunch of cash at crypto. No. We're on no, the dip. No, 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 no. Because you got to make up for the fact that when you bought before, you bought at the peak and effectively crashed the currency's value with your $100 investment. Uh, I think it was through the floor the next day. <laughs> I think that you guys, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a small amount of money that, like, I, I mean, I lost, I don't know, $10 or something. Like, I, I don't care. You think I'm being influenced by Big Mac's narrative here a little bit? Yes. And <laughs> That's like, possible. His has facts that I don't recognize, despite it being an episode from my own life. <laughs> That'll happen. Um, but, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. You know, if you guys are, if, if you guys are having fun off of it. <laughs> That's all I want. What a guy. I just want my buds to have a good time. What a guy. Uh, nah, dude, I, I, I have a, an investment vehicle I feel is uh, sound and exciting. And uh, I, I don't, I, any extra money I have, I put towards that. Now, are you giving uh, like legally binding advice right now? No. Okay. I'm not even revealing sp- what I'm doing. How going to be advice? Okay. Here's my advice. Everyone else should talk to my friend. <laughs> Who is he? I'll never say. Doing a little day trading? Uh, you know, it's not day. <laughs> the Nikkei? Yeah, we're big in on the Nikkei. <laughs> I don't There's a few terms that I know to throw out in financial conversations, Nikkei being one of them. I, I just know it's a Japanese market. Don't I learned really... today that there is a Tel Aviv stock exchange. But that the market cap of the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange is smaller than Facebook. Wow. Your favorite writer, Matthew Glacius, was making a point about how, uh, you know, what's really kick-ass is America. He'll do that. Yeah. He seems to think everything's kind of figured out. What do you think the population of Israel is right now? 300? 300 what? People? I just looked it up, and I'm not sure that I would have ever uh, had any idea at all. It's eight million, eight and a half million. That feels very low to me. It's a small country, and uh, if you think that's small, uh, Palestine is, I would assume, smaller. No comment. Um, yeah, no. That that was another part of his thing. It's just like, listen, I get why we're all doing this, but there are so much bigger conflicts in the world involving so many more people. Yeah, yeah, but this one's... That's not my official position. Been around for a long time. That uh, he made. Well, I bet that some of these other ones have too, bud. Also a good point. Yeah. They just don't get the ink. I mean, you know, uh, the Protestant... Cat- I mean, I, I guess what I was about to do was say that the Protestants and Catholics in Northern Ireland started fighting in 1600. I mean, before that, but the big ones, 1600. That's the William of Orange stuff. 
um, and that Israel wasn't founded until uh, you know the 1900s. But that would be disingenuous because I'm identifying start of conflict between peoples in one, and then founding of country in another. I would assume that the uh, you know um, people who we now understand to be Israelis and the Palestinians have been probably fighting since before Israel was founded as a country. Yeah, and uh, the Northern Ireland. Partrician did not occur until 1922. So look at this guy. Look at this history lesson been, you get uh, from conflict reporter. Would have been a bad, bad comparison by me. So I'm glad that I was able to avoid that. Um, I have a hustle that I would like to tell you about. Writing about sandwiches? <laughs> no, no, I don't. That's not a hustle, dude. That's it's a, a effort. That's his passion for the game. It's a work of love that yields no money to speak of. You get to expense the sandwich, don't you? No. Boy, that is passion project. <laughs> I bet that I could if I really wanted to, but I I don't know that I, like I haven't written one in months. Uh, you know, my um, editor retired in January, and I haven't heard from them. So I would say I'm not a sandwich reporter at this time. Uh, I think it's kind of like being in the Marine Corps. Okay, or nagging. once always, yeah, <laughs> sandwich reporter. Okay, <laughs> um, no, that one didn't make that much money. Um, and this makes a mo- an amount of money I'm really happy with, but I continue to feel every scandal that happens or every time I get took, um, cause I'm just always getting took is I, I just think like so many people dumber than me are just watching the millions roll in mm-hmm. off the stupidest shit and I need my stupid shit. Okay. You don't think this qualifies? This is about as dumb as it gets. It's dumb, but it's not like it's not, not billions. No, no, you're right. So well, that's what I'm saying is do we need to get dumber? Like, do we need to have every episode sound terrible? And then eventually that just sort of becomes our brand. That could help. But just like even podcasting, it has too much obvious value to be a good grift. Okay. Like, it's not a grift. Like, we're improving these people's lives. Where would they be without us? I don't know. You need a shit grift. I, yeah, something that's like, like podcasting is just like an attempt at a business, you know, like we're earnestly putting forth our skills and asking for reasonable payment in return. That's not a grift. Uh, here's a grift, friend. Okay, step into the shark tank. So I have a daughter and she uh, was given a number of gifts at her birth and the one that she settled on as to her Far, far more valuable than the others is what's known, uh, I'm sure you'll be familiar, as a, uh, a lovey blanket. You familiar with the concept of the lovey? It's just, just a kind of a soft toy. It's like a blanket that's sort of shaped like a stuffed animal. I don't um, think I know that one. Uh, they're, they're cute. There's, I mean, like pretty much everywhere that does baby stuff sells their own version. There's millions of them out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen this. Ours um, is pretty small, but I have seen it. Yeah. Don't, don't you have one that's like an elephant or yes, something? Yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So hers is a rabbit. It's essentially a disembodied animal head with a blanket as a body. But yeah, yeah, yeah it looks cute. You can see, I mean, she obviously likes the touch of it. You sure. Know? Like she's always like rubbing it on her face and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, just if she's gone more than five minutes without it, it's lovey, where are you? Um, her voice isn't as deep as mine. And, uh, hey, <clears throat> enough back there. It's going great. But so we were trying to take her. I mean, just the last time, the last several times we tried to take her anywhere, she, uh, she wants to take it with her. And I am all for 
giving her what she's asking for if it's feasible and I don't see any serious consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, the consequence I worry about is that we've previously attempted to buy other copies of this because she loves it so much and have been unable to. We just don't, you know, it was a gift. We weren't exactly sure it was from. Um, you know, we would Google it and nothing would come up. Uh, so we're just worried that she's going to take it somewhere. She's going to drop it in a gas station. We're not going to know that she did it. And for the rest of her effing life, she's going to uh, be without this most treasured of items. Paying um, 100 bucks for 45 minutes to tell some schmuck about it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so... in. Shout out to all my therapists out there. <laughs> that was certainly a kind characterization of your life's work. <laughs> um, my personal background, I don't know if you have a similar story. I had a, I had a blanket that I was uh, pretty fond of as a youth. Um, and I think that my recollection is that whenever this happened, because there, there was a kid in my, in my crew, we had, a, we had an over-blanket guy. They would, like, bring it to sleepovers at someone else's house. We're like, all right, dude, that's fucking weird. Like, as a six-year-old, you yeah. know? Um, and, like, held on to it too long and whatever. Uh, and so I think my parents were worried about that. But just, I'm saying, like, this guy went another couple of years being fucking weird about it at the point of the story that I'm telling. So I think it's bullshit. Uh, on a number of levels, I think it's total bullshit what they did. Uh, but, yeah, we, we took a family trip to Destin, Florida. Beautiful white sand beaches. Uh, and, uh, at some point, like whenever we got back, I was like, Hey, uh, haven't seen my blanket in a while. You guys know where it is. They were like, uh, no, we haven't seen it either. You must have left it. And I, like I said, I'm five or six at this point. So I've got that, uh, internal inquenchable optimism. Like how you, whenever you talk about whatever you'd play football games, uh, like for the middle school team, you'd always be like, well, if we get three pick sixes, we're right back in a one-score game. Oh, yeah. That went, that went through high school uh, right up until the last game. <laughs> maybe <laughs> did, maybe did the you rest get those of those pick sixes? No, and like you're thinking, maybe the rest of the district will have a couple wins vacated before Monday morning and we're <laughs> somehow still alive. We'll just see. Let's yeah. just let it, let it play out. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was what, what was run through my mind was, uh, cause we would go to Destin. I mean, it was probably like two or three years in a row. Uh, so I'm like, all right, this sucks that it's in Destin, but I'm going to be back in Destin. You know, we always go to the same hotel. This is going to be no big deal. I'll just show back up at the front desk, mm. ask them if they've seen any blankets, describe mine, and, uh, we'll have this problem solved. And then a hurricane hit Destin. Oh, no. This is when it got real for you. And it was months later. But, like, I'm, I'm looking at it. Like, my parents are like, yeah, hurricane running through Destin. I'm like, what does this mean for the blanket? Uh, and that was the point at which I gave it up, where I was like, okay, it's dead. The, everything I love in this world, I no longer will have. I learned as an adult that they fucking took it. Why? They just thought that I was too old for it. It just—it had been sitting in our house. I have it now. That's really weird, dude. It's fucking evil, in my opinion. But if we want to try to hear both sides of it, maybe they thought you were going to become the weird sleepover kid. But I'm just saying, at this thought. time, I'm leaving the blanket home for sleepovers while he's bringing it. Okay. Like, there was no point where I was bringing my blanket to friends' houses. It's just like, if I'm hanging out, watching Saturday morning cartoons, be nice to, you know, throw it over my legs. 
okay. kind of warm here. Yeah, I think that's not great. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that's not great. But, you know, parenting is hard. So that, you know, it's something that gets me animated whenever I think about it now. I can tell. Uh, so what, whenever I'm looking at the lovey, that's what I'm thinking, right? It's like, not only am I not going to be a sneak and take this away and then <laughs> pretend like I never heard about it, and then years later be like, oh, it's been in the attic the whole time. Um, I'm also going to like look out. It's not just that I'm going to take it away. I'm going to treat it the way that she is treating it. You know, like I'm going to make it as important to me as it is to her. And so if she loses it, it's a fucking crisis. Uh, so we can't let her take it places. So, uh, she's trying to get into the car, you know, to Megan was taking her to, uh, the little gym so they could do the balance beam stuff. Very fun. We're big fans. Um, and, uh, you know, I was I was like, all right, we got to leave it here. You know, like I take it out of her hands. And she's just screaming, bawling, because this thing's gone. And uh, so at that point, I just give it to her, you know. And I'm just like, all right, maybe we'll lose it a little, Jim. But in my head, I'm like, one, I've got real regrets that I made my child scream at any point. So now I'm going to try and turn those regrets into positive action and uh, do something to solve this problem. Um and two, it's, you know, it's top of mind. So I go on and put more effort into the Googling because I'm like, the thing is, is that if we had five of these, I wouldn't give a shit if she walked out the door with it because there wasn't the worry of losing. So I'm like, you know, seven pages deep in this Google search. Wow. And, it's a lot of pages. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of lovies. Like, it's <laughs> not like I'm getting down to the stuff where it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still looking at things that are clearly lovies but not the one that my child has because she has a couple other ones and they're all right. They don't hit like the, uh, the favorite. Clearly, clearly. Um, and so then I find it. It's on eBay. And I find the original listing shortly thereafter. It's an item from target. The target sells for nine 99 that they have stopped selling. And someone has already anticipated the entire situation that I have described to you. Yeah, the emotional connection and you can't replace them. And they're selling it for 50 on eBay. I love it. Amazing. I love it. And so because the thing about it is there's probably a lot more items like this. And a ton. I want to look inside. You know, if I'm curious at who's doing this, you got to have eyes on the supply chain. Uh, yeah. So dude, this is a, a Target employee who's like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you can know when Target's about to shuffle these things off. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's worth its weight in gold. It's I mean, you gonna, it doesn't have weight. Are you going to buy it? I bought three of them. You bought three of them? Yeah. Look at you. You don't need a grift. You're balling. It's a dumb idea, but I did it because of the whole thing. Like, I just got the fucking blanket echoing in my head. I'm like, no, never again. Fuck it. I'll empty my bank account for these fucking lovies. So I think that is probably like the first actionable thing of, hey, I'm going to do this different because they did this. Like we kind of hint at that notion a lot Mm -hmm. of, well, you know, I learned some things that I like the way that my childhood was or parenting was. I can't make her stop doing that. That's okay. It's mail delivery time. Yeah, the mail person went by. I have a dog as well. I know the mail time you got to give to him. I don't think it's being picked up that much. She's in the other room. Okay. Like I said, just open the door. <laughs> just open it and let her go. Um, but yeah, I think that's like a real world thing of I remember how this affected me and now I'm going to handle it differently for uh, for my 
My squid. Yeah. Trying to put those therapists out of business. Dude. I wonder, though, if she'll be able to tell kind of like, again, like an animal can, like with the scent. Like, well, will she be like, will she reject them like a transplant? Uh, we have considered this, and we considered it before we gave her the one that she currently treasures. Uh, we just like sleep with it. Like, we just put it in the bed with us so it smells like us. Are you two? Uh, it's Megan's idea. I think we, I know we talked about this recently, but I'm a little worried about the, like, it's been too good. The baby's too chill. She sleeps too well. And I'm real worried about her becoming a try to sleep in the grown up bed kid. Why? why? It doesn't seem like that big of a problem. Oh, I don't want that. Uh, I think that is a problem. Nah, dude, that seems nice. It doesn't happen to us. It she seems horrible to me. She's she's usually pretty reluctant to uh, stay still most times. Even with doing anything, knowing the uh, the mattress market that we've covered extensively, and the fact By that the way, yeah, just a lot of great feedback. A lot of people reaching out over my mattress search, and uh, you know, one guy I don't want to blow up his spot, but he knows who he is. Got us quite a deal. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sleeping on it yet. I don't want to count any chickens. It's one of those good looks too good to be true, but uh, I think it's true. Talking cost, I, I, mean, I think it's like we're getting it for like a quarter of what a, a rube might pay for it. <laughs> well, even with the money that we forked over in the mattress game, I just don't. I don't like. I want Shaq's bed from Cribs. <laughs> like I don't think there's a bed big enough to where I'd be like. This is perfect. Like, just keep going. Yeah, you're right. And the second I'm disgusted a, that King is the largest. It's just a sham. And that uh, California King is only longer but slightly narrower. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm from the uh, the betting with D's, not T's game. So I discovered the California King conspiracy very Total early bullshit. on. It was crushed. Yeah. Absolutely crushed. Because in my mind, you put California in front of something. It's big. The whole thing's got to be bigger. I mean, what we really need is to innovate in the space, bring out the Texas King. The Texas King would, and people here would buy would it for no like reason. Yeah. But I just don't want her in the bed. Five times the size of a regular mattress. I love it. I love it. Maybe the mattress secedes at some point and <laughs> <laughs> becomes sentient and takes over your home. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the idea... I don't even like that I wake up earlier than my wife. Okay, I agree with that. Because it just creates a lot of problems of, wow, you're so fucking loud. Mm -hmm. And then, like, if you have a kid in there, too, you're probably getting up earlier than they are, even whenever they're in, I mean, I don't know what time a four-year-old gets up. Probably the same time as a two-year-old, eight or something. Which is too bad. What do you mean? They don't want to sleep till 10? Uh... I mean, they got school. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. Not I, right I, now. I'm just saying, like, currently. Yeah. Like, I was just, I mean, it's creeping a little later. It's more like now it's definitely 7.30 and we could get lucky and get to 8. But what the fuck, dude? You're not waking up for work. You got nothing. These Dora episodes can be watched the exact same way at fucking 11 a.m. Yeah, the body clock, though, man. But, yeah, I, I just don't, I, I don't want that to ever become our lot, to have the kid in the bed. That wouldn't bother me. Yeah, and I think too, like that's got to be bad for the marriage. <laughs> you just you no, know, like decompress together and fuck. Yeah, no, I understand. Watch that's... shows. I don't know something. 
Now you so is the kid just like living there? She taking her meals in the bed? There's no time. No, I mean I think those are nighttime activities, <laughs> largely. Uh, you're saying that if she like you just don't want her sleeping in there permanently all the time? Yeah, I think once you open the door to it, then you've been conquered, and I don't want that. Like when you were preschool age, she didn't like have a nightmare and be like. <laughs> Got to go, you know. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. I definitely did. And I, you know, my parents are divorced. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I don't know if that backs up my claim or not. Yeah. That that's, uh, that that's bad for, you know, my grift is going to be. Um, I mean, if you think the kids sleeping in the bed is bad, you should get a country club membership. What do you mean? Thought didn't wasn't your dad playing golf? Oh yeah, I don't think it was. A, my, I think my dad was still very firmly in his Muni's phase. I get that, the, uh, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, you could uh, play golf. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're a ticket host. Oh yeah, no, those guys are just offering me golf all the time. Country club memberships. Country club memberships. Yeah, no, it is a funny scenario. To yeah, we're members out of Cowboys. What what hole my dad was on when my mom dropped the? <laughs> He's like, well, look, I got up. Here yeah. in, I got up here in two. And this is my <laughs> only chance for a par on the back nine. I really don't know. That's just the way I remember it. But yeah. uh, I think uh, I think the kid in the bed is a bad bit. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. My grift is uh, while we're talking therapists. It's just a Uh-oh. therapist who's really mean. <laughs> that's your grift. Yeah. Like, cause people pay for like BDSM. Jesus you know? Christ, Ken, clean up a little bit. Yeah, and like I think. You know, a therapist who's like, listen, they probably did get divorced because of you. I mean, you're really difficult to deal with. I like, do half I've been hour here listening to you for uh. two months. And like, if I were married to someone who was in, involved in your life, I would divorce them to get yeah. away from you. Yeah. Like, we're going to need some liability Tell protections. The uh, but I think there's a place for just the people who are like, listen. How are we going to deal with the fact you suck? We're not going to fix the fact you suck. But we're, <laughs> <laughs> we just want to mitigate. But, but how can we limit the damage <laughs> that you're doing to everything around you, given that the suck part seems to be static? No, I mean, that more or less was the therapy provided at the boarding school I attended. <laughs> and that didn't work, uh, from a, again, from a legal standpoint. But I don't, you know, people don't have to sit in ice. Mm-hmm. Or trash or whatever they were making you do. They make us sit in trash or ice? <laughs> well, there was uh, in that article where your acclaimed podcast was oh, reviewed. Yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah, mentioned yeah. like they yeah, would, yeah, yeah. make you uh, sit like Wim Hof in a block of ice or something. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I wasn't there for that. Uh, it was that the person being interviewed uh, arrived well before I did. And in fact, had departed by the time I arrived. Do you think that they look at, uh, or do you think they look at you guys almost like, Every generation of high school football players looks at the previous ones. Like, Puh, we were out there two a days, 100 degree heat. Like, they think you had it soft. I know that they do. <laughs> They're in the Facebook page saying it all the time. And, like, what's your big personal badge there? Like, don't you think that's just something you can keep to yourself? I mean, what's the point of it in the high school stuff? You know, like, at every point is a dumb impulse to, you know. And I mean, like, yeah, but the football thing's not really that damaging. Like invalidating someone's experience with trauma by saying I had it worse, that feels a lot meaner to me than being like, you know, hey, boys, we were out here a lot longer and 
That's true. Harder than you were. It was. It is, I mean, stupid. it's the same spirit. And like, if you're gonna be taken apart by something someone you never met wrote in a Facebook group, then like, you know, fucking toughen up a little bit, anyways. Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying, don't <laughs> let these people run your life. You should run your life. I've just had a rough 24 hours on social media, TC. Yeah, no, I hear. I mean, listen, man. I'm down bad. Things written on the internet have had had an effect on my uh, life, psyche, emotional state, self-worth, perception. No doubt. But I don't know. I think that you should be able to brush that one off. Uh, and, like, I feel pretty uniquely qualified to judge. Like, I was... I was there for, you know, a third of the existence of the place. I think so. It was the middle third, you know? Yeah. So, like, I've, I I touched the beginning and touched the end. I mean, I don't touch the beginning, but whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd say they were, they, if you're interested, they are generally right. The people who were like, we had it harder in the earlier time. Whenever uh, the, um, I mean, it, there, there's, there's differences and all of it's hard. And like you're saying, dude, it's your fucking trauma. Like, it's. Trauma is trauma. It was tough for you. Don't worry about it past that. Um, but whenever they started accepting Mitt Romney's money, uh, Mitt did not allow them to do uh, certain things. So you, one of the few people in America who comes away, well, I suppose that's not true. Uh, I was going to say with a positive impression of of Mittens. I don't have a positive impression. I hate him more than most people. Why are you saying I come? Oh, I thought you positive? were saying that they stopped. Yeah. Like that they. No, no, the the, the strings. The, but like he was making the whole thing happen. Not. I want to be clear. Um, Bain Capital provide like is the is a primary shareholder of the Aspen Education Group, which owned the school that I went to. Uh, Mitt Romney at one point was some kind of vice president for Bain Capital. Oh yeah. Uh, so that, that's, that's why, that's what I'm saying. It's a Mitt, I don't believe ever visited the school himself. He was the- He never whooped you? The governor of Massachusetts. Um. Like TLR wants to whip or spank you, I mean? Yeah, I know. Uh, don't got time for that. How are you guys succeeding in spite of this effing dolt? I love it. it. It literally almost feels like a major league situation. It really does. <laughs> like in watching John Boy's video today and then we had him on and I watched a pretty good portion of of TLR and then seeing all the players' comments, it's like, yeah, this is about the closest thing to a sports mutiny I've ever seen. Did and you see awesome. the Lance Lynn one? Yeah. I liked the Lance Lynn one. Yeah. It's great. Well, Lance has got a locker and I've got an office. Yeah. Don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. Pretty but good. He also knows how to call a driver when he's had too much to drink. Mm. months before you were hired for a high-profile job at the age of 80. It's an interesting referendum on how little managers matter. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Or maybe he's uh, he's motivating them. Did you see the uh, – can I tell you my, my favorite – He's doing a bad job at the managing stuff too. That's what I've heard. Like today he left Giolito in in a one-run game. I mean like it worked out, but he lost the game in that exact situation earlier this year. Uh, he uses Hendricks. He goes to him on back-to-back nights way too often. He threw him three times in a row last weekend, I think. All right. Well, this has been talking socks. Uh, it's just I'm sorry. The, the handling of the pitching staff has left a lot to be desired, in my opinion. He he appears to have the ideas about pitcher usage that someone who managed ten years ago and hasn't done any since. Would no have. way. Yeah. No way. Uh, can I tell you my favorite type of of long form piece that's out there right now? Yes. 
because uh, I read one of these from Shane Ryan uh, a couple months ago. Creator of the Shield. Who I no different one. Oh, uh, sh- that's Sean Ryan. Who I oh. Shane Ryan is a guy who used to work for Grantland, uh, who I generally do really like his work, but he wrote the. I think he was like people born between 75 and 80 or people born, which it's the piece of everyone thinks that whenever they were born, that's a slice or a crevice in generational connect Yeah, to where like the people who don't belong. And now we have like the geriatric millennial. Did you see this? No. It was a telegraph piece about people born between 80 and 85. Okay. And it's just all... Boy, we're the we're the forgotten generation, and it's just so glad I was able to escape whatever bullshit you guys got going on. I know you'd never understand. I don't. You're a true millennial. Doesn't sound like worth understanding. But it's just, I I don't know how people publish these pieces and edit them with a straight face and just not look around and be like, "Let it occur to you that there's one of these for every five year pocket of time for the past forty years, and we still keep publishing them." The fact anyone talks about generations with a straight face is ludicrous to me. To try and ascribe characteristics to a group of people that is millions large, like, of course they don't have any one thing in common. They all breathe. They all eat. I mean, they do have somewhat of shared, like, for example, I do think people that uh, were around my age, probably plus or minus two years, had a similar experience with, like, 9-11 for me. So if there's like a flashpoint event in your life, like, you know, for people older, like seeing the Vietnam War on like television. Similar like, experience in that we all were in school. Right. And kind of, but I mean, examine it at all and that falls apart. Like you, my individual experience was that I was like real reactionary against uh, not the terrorists, but like the people, who, the other side, like I, the people who I already didn't like, you know, like in around me, I was like, this is i don't know i'm just saying like that that what like it's not like everyone did that not everyone had someone tell them that uh this is why 9-11 happens is because of people like you that was just your experience okay yes in a micro sense (laughs) you are correct but i'm Uh, I'm just saying like the way it, it affects everyone differently that's absolutely true it does not lead to us having shared traits like we all kind of have memories that are similar but I don't think that the important part of 9-11 is where I was standing when it happened. No, and I don't so much mean that. I mean the experience of just being at that age when something that truly like earth-shattering happened and trying to make – like I do think that a lot of my – whether it's political beliefs or whatever the case may be can be traced back to the age I was when 9-11 happened. And that from there, like, you know, that's what we were talking about with President Bush and why yeah, I have a Yeah, but you conflict. know a lot of people don't have your political – you know, like – That's true. People that, your age. That's a good point. I just more can't stand the uh, the version of this piece that's like uh, drawing like really narrow conclusions like uh, they're more well-positioned to be in leadership roles in the office because they can work across – you know, cultural divide. I'm like, what? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> but you don't, you see that everywhere though, right? Like yeah. every time one of these pieces comes out, it's just like, I can't believe this is getting published. But, uh, you know. Say it confidently. People won't question you. I That's guess a good it's a lesson. That's a good point. It's about all you need. Anything trying to, I, I just, I'm of the firm belief, as I've expressed many times in this podcast, 
that more or less you don't know and can never know anything about large trends. I'm not even sure the large trends fucking exist. I think that there's a million data points and people try to attach narratives to them. And uh, we are all really kidding ourselves about how much those narratives mean. The I fact think- that pieces like that are still commissioned. Like the, the, the fact that one piece like that has ever been written <laughs> is, in my mind, proof that we've really gone far afield of like an evidence-based, you know, sticking to the facts way of going through the world but you're right there's one every week so we were too young for illegal raves but ready for super clubs we were the bastard children bastard children of ecstasy culture and binge drinking culture cigarettes were cheap and not yet covered in warnings of certain death what's the percentage of the population that uses ecstasy (laughs) like all these people are guaranteed to have a parent who's like what the fuck dude that's a niche drug like yeah it's we started dating people we met I mean, in real you know, life, only uh, later switching to online. Shouldn't be. You know, they, they should hand that out at the store like apples and oranges, in my opinion. But we narrowly missed out on don't. the bit where young people decided sexuality and gender could be viewed as a spectrum and duly freed themselves from old-fashioned shackles. Hey, uh, they I got news for you. Free. I got news for you, ma'am, from the Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have photos of people who are easily 10 years older than I am. And they appeared to have freed themselves from the old-fashioned shackles during a weekend at the lake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know that it's necessarily like, oh, I wanted to explore my sexuality, but I'm 35, so I couldn't. Yep. I don't know. Those are the breaks. I heard from a number of our older listeners uh, after we did the lake episode who were like, boy, you guys are pussies. (laughs) Like, this is shocking to you. Should have been around in the 80s. Should have been around in the 70s. It was just free and easy. Like, like, yeah, I guess I am kind of a prude. It was a bit shocking. The driver and his sex stories? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Just the lake, the uh, the people at the lake going at it. Oh, okay. Uh, I I was for quite... some reason, I thought you meant like Travis, but you're, you're oh, talking yeah. about your... Uh, yeah. Y- yeah, okay. I got it. Did you uh, did you watch the sixty minutes aliens thing? No, I wanted to, but I haven't. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I believe you. Now it also goes back to our thing of the last four years of like, there's just been so much waste in the information uh, economy. Feels like this should be a huge deal. <laughs> I'm like, constantly confused why it's not. Yeah, so I guess there's a report that's going to come out next month. Just how much time? I know how much time I spent as a kid thinking about what's it going to be like whenever we find out about aliens. Most and it of was it. All of it. Yeah. yeah. Every waking moment. Yeah. Just what's the... And in all of the thinking about it and wondering what it would be like, I never thought it would be greeted with a... Huh. What did the orange man say, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I was aware who Donald Trump was at that time. It's, uh, I didn't anticipate the specific <laughs> way that he would interact. Think of it this way. Uh, a sitting U.S. congressman, several uh, members, high-ranking former members of the military, went on a national news program, pilots, uh, not kooks over here, right? Yeah. And said, we don't know what it is, but we know it's not ours. And they're created, flying around us constantly. We right, have no idea day, what they're doing. Here's a video of they it. They clearly have capabilities far beyond anything we can, let alone do, not even imagine. Yeah, and you're like, 
uh, well, yeah, how am I supposed to believe this? Do you have a video? No, 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 we have like several. We have like our onboard radar cam and that created less of a ripple in the culture than the NFL schedule release. <laughs> it's absolutely true. It's 100% true. We I already, don't know anyone who would argue with that. We already knew who all the teams were playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just the order in which they're playing them. And that carried the news cycle for like five days while people are like, listen, we think this is an alien. It's remarkable if you if you really step back and think about it. I agree. And that Tom DeLong got them to do this. Also remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a cultural mad lib. Yeah. No, when, when he was like, listen, guys, I got bigger work. I was like, what could it be? <laughs> but it turns out he, he really got it done. Like it's tough to find two people who have nailed it with their predictions more than Tom DeLong and Papa John. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. Like the last 20 months. And people say that prophets aren't among us anymore. <laughs> that's right. But here they are. So we uh, we spoke last week, or it wasn't last week, it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, about uh, the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Yep. Did you see the story that was sent to us by Dan and Austin? Uh, I did. It was over the weekend or maybe Monday. I know it was when I was uh, in transit, so fill me in. So one of the... It's like about his agent or something? One of the uh, things that he was denying in the course of the interview, and man, I meant to just cut off this part, but I didn't do it. So, but he he specifically, he he's asked a question about his father by Oprah, uh, and he, within one sentence, is like, yeah, you know, a lot going on there. Anyways, this fucking media, have you seen, they say all this stuff about me, it's not even true. Yeah. She's asking about, do you forgive, like, she, the question she asks is, can you forgive your father without really processing the event and allowing yourself to get mad at him? For abusing him. And yeah, 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 for hitting him as a kid and that sort of stuff. And uh, his answer is, you know, they said that I bought the elephant man's bones and I didn't even do that. Yes. It was a, a very odd turn and redirect from, from the king of pop. But it, it made but we clear. We are contracted. He then went that. through several news stories where like, and I, she seemed pretty excited to do it too. You know, like of, hey, we've been seeing crazy stuff in the tabloids about you. Uh, what's uh, what's the truth here? And I believe the first one they go to is the people talking. No, the first one they go to is the, the oxygen sleeping the oxygen yeah. chamber. Second one is people talking about me trying to buy the elephant man's bones. Uh, I noted at the time gave the very suspicious answer of like, well, of course we're all interested in the elephant man. Yeah, and I mean the movie had come out in 1980. This is 1993. Is more top of mind than it is right this second. But it's a 13-year-old film. Yeah, and it, but it's also a severe amount of projecting from Michael Jackson. Yeah, like, like yeah, a, nah, dude, not all of us see ourselves <laughs> yeah. in The Elephant Man. Like, yeah, it's, it's a compelling story. It's a universal story, story. Right. The Elephant Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, as I pointed out when we actually did that episode, you couple that he said that with the fact that his, seemingly his excuse for why this is ridiculous is when he said, what am I going to do with some bones? He like, did say that. That's so far down on the list of questions I would have. Like, and the answer is obvious. Display them. <laughs> yeah, you've got you kind of a, a theme park in your <laughs> yeah. home. Just get a glass <laughs> case, put them up, dude. Next question. Yeah, that that did not seem to be something that felt like an impediment. <laughs> yeah, no, he had the same defense for everything. It was. 
That's so stupid. Why would I be stupid? That's crap. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Why would I even want to do that? Right. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I am. Some of the stories are demonstrably false. Like all, as we said in the episode, the stuff about the pigmentation of his skin and the rumors that it was bleaching that was causing that. Uh, the autopsy of him revealed conclusively that that is not the case. He didn't have his skin bleached. He had a disease that he had no control over, and that is what caused his skin to become lighter. Um, but uh, and so I, I have kind of, you know, I mean, that's one. That was one of the ones on the list, and it's proven that the press was running with nothing, just making stuff up out of thin air. And now there's other ones where, you know, I mean, like, he was also accused of uh, pedophilia, and I've seen a documentary where two of his victims sit down and describe it in detail, and I would say it's pretty clear to me that he did those things. A lot of detail. A um, lot of detail. And so, uh, you know, it's it's all of it's a, uh, I don't even know what to think here, because, uh, you know, I mean, like everyone else, every, the biggest liar in you that you know tells the truth most of the time. Um, and so, I I don't know, I... I didn't know where to fall on a lot of this stuff, but I was definitely imagining that most of this was t- taking place in crazy tabloids. Uh, like, I, I remember, I think it was, oh, the Weekly World News. That oh, was yeah. my favorite one as a kid. The best. Uh, Bat Boy. Aliens. Yeah. A lot of just, alien talk. Yeah. I just uh, love the font, too. Printing things that were obviously pure fabrications, but they could say anything. It wasn't like a work of fiction. They were like, this is a newspaper. We ruled so much. Dude, if I ever have an office, I want a copy. You got to get some framed. <laughs> I was Bigfoot's lone slave. I think that's a love slave. Oh, I said lone. Okay, love. That's even funnier. And, uh, you know, they were? Uh, What do you mean? That guy, do you think this is who Bigfoot is choosing? I, if I were Bigfoot, <laughs> I would aimed elsewhere. Alien in Slammer after fist fight with Bill over Hillary. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Get that one printed right now. It's so good, dude. It's got Bill with the black eye and the alien holding up the Washington, D.C. police department thing. God, that's great. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. so that that's who I'm, I'm imagining that neck that on page two after the Bill Hillary alien fight story. It's the bones purchase. Yeah, that it's it's Michael Jackson buys elephant man's bones. Yeah. Um, so I was quite shocked when Dan sent us an article that is uh, it's in the archives of the Chicago Tribune is how we get it. But the uh, the originator, the, the byline here, in fact, is the uh, the UPI, United Press International. Are they still cooking? Uh, I think that they technically cook, but for uh, people who don't recall it, uh, pretty much like the AP. They used to be yeah, it's a wire. big-time competitors. Kind of seems like AP won that battle. Uh, whatever. Singer Michael Jackson determined to add the remains of the elephant man add the remains of the elephant man to his collection of exotica, has doubled his bid and offered one million for the skeleton. His publicist said Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So Someone who works for him is telling the UPI that he was gonna buy the fucking bones. What's going on? And it was reported in the Tribune as part of a UPI. How are you gonna deny that? Yeah. I don't even know what this I don't know where they get it. Your publicist, dude! <laughs> And he put a figure on it. <laughs> like he actually put a dollar amount yes. on it and gave quotes. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's just the publicist. Michael isn't quoted anywhere in the thing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the original bid was turned down by the London Hospital Medical College where the skeleton is on display. In rejecting the offer, the, uh, the hospital said the skeleton was not for sale. Here's the, the manager. Uh, the increase of his offer is not because he feels that money is the answer to the problem, but to show the seriousness of his intent and his guarantees to assume responsibility of Mr. Merrick's remains. I kind of feel like the increase of the offer was because money was the yeah, answer. That's a very convoluted what, sentence. What's the difference between those two things? <laughs> yeah, none. Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't offer more money, like, because it was about the money. It was just kind of like what money can do. <laughs> or the idea of Which if is I offer more money, money. Right. Uh, the millionaire singer had no exploitive intentions for the remains. He added that Jackson has become a student. I just student. wanted to use them to lure kids into my home. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. And this was what? Four years before the interview? Yeah. Like, this is not ancient history at the time he's <laughs> no. sitting down with the Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, dude. And I it does know, sort Mike. of, you know, we've got I on one trying side. I was trying to defend you a little bit, and this is what you leave me with. Yeah. So, because like you said, on one side, we have the skin pigmentation situation. And on the other side, we have this. So, some of it's true. Some of it's not. The bone thing... Seems pretty true. Yeah. I I don't know. I just would have loved to know why you wanted to buy the bones. Like, whenever Oprah's asking about it, just be like, because, you I mean, he kind of did, like, in being like, well, we all do love the elephant, man. Uh, I mean, I do get that because he, he from, from the fact that he had a skin condition and from the fact that he felt like he was very alone and shunned by society, even though he was the most popular person in the world, shun's not the right word, but that he couldn't participate I in I think life. he would have used the word shun. Yeah. There you go. That that he saw himself in it. But <laughs> I also love this too. Speaking of 60 Minutes, when we go back and watch old 60 Minutes and just the way that journalism used to work, do you think this would fly now? Jackson last month made his initial offer to buy the remains of John Merrick, a hideously deformed man <laughs> who suffered that, a rare disease. That's a medical term, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, just look it up. He's disgusting. Trust me, you're not going to be able to think of anything other than hideous. <laughs> I, I like that era of shooting it straight journalism. <laughs> but these fat people <laughs> and this hideously deformed man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, the dog behaved okay, right? Right up here until the end. Dog did great. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.